It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It's the 17th of February, 2023. And on today's show, some thoughts on the remarks that Brett Yormark made in his conversation with John Wilner and John Canzano on their podcast. Thought it's a really interesting conversation and some awesome insight into the way that Brett Yormark thinks. And also a preview of this weekend's Big 12 basketball slate. There are some heavy hitters, including a massive matchup between Kansas and Baylor. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, Tap that bell for notifications. Leave a like. Leave comments as well. Always love to hear what you guys have to say. And it's always very insightful stuff. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, and once again, you guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. We are brought to you all today by the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So a couple things today. First, we're going to tackle the conversation that Brett Yormark had with John Wilner and John Canzano on their podcast. Now, Wilner and Canzano are two guys that are really Pac-12 centric. So uh, I think it's very obviously interesting that he went on their show and had a lot of interesting stuff to say. So uh, that's where to go with that. Then we'll talk some hoops. So let's get after it. So I think on the first note that I have, once again, my apartment's making noises. Got to get getting used to that. All right, hopefully it's not. Um, so the first thing I have to say after listening to the conversation, I, I really suggest you guys go back and listen to it uh, if you have not yet. He was on the Kanzano and Wilner podcast with those two guys who do a great job covering the Pac-12. Not just saying that those guys actually do a great job covering the Pac-12. Uh, they're a bit biased toward the league, but obviously you would be too if you covered that league for as long as those guys have. Nobody has a better pulse of what's going on than they do. And Brett Yormark, in that conversation, you know, I, I think uh, he handled himself like a commissioner, obviously. I think a couple things, though, from that, the biggest takeaway, number one to me, is this, is that Brett Yormark is not a traditional conference commissioner, and he sees the Big 12 for what it's not when typically, or I guess what what he sees the Big 12 as a money-making proposition, as a entity, as a business, a multifaceted business. Uh, as opposed to, I think, what we all would like conferences to be, which are a league of schools made up, you know, a league made up of schools who are individual, but have some commonality, whether it be geographic, whether it be Pac-12, maybe you could say academic, uh, you know, priority-wise, all of those things. I think that's what we want conferences to be. And, and I think also to, you know, competitive in sports all the way around. What conferences are, though, now in the modern age of college athletics is they are money makers. They are businesses. They are, you know, uh, they are television products, number one. That's really what they are. Right. And so with that, I think Brett Yormark displayed throughout this conversation that he is a businessman. That's how he sees this thing. He does not see this as like, man, you got to get down. No offense, K-State fans, but, you know. You got to get down to Aggieville. You know, oh, we, we don't appreciate Gallagher-Iba Arena enough. 
stuff like that. Like that's not the way he views this thing. And that's good that he, and I think it's good once again, that he does not, that'll cause him to clash some with, I think some of the school presidents and ADs because he does not see that, you know, I don't think he sees this thing like the individuality of the schools. I think he is such a big picture thinker, which once again, I believe to be a very good thing for the big 12 conference. So I think with that big picture thinking, a lot of that was on display, but he talked about a variety of issues. And I think that big picture thinking was really, uh, was on display, you know, about whether it comes to expansion, when it comes to what the, the list of things to do was. And, you know, he said, he said, he had all the things you like. He, he talked about how much he really likes the narrative around the big 12 right now. He likes the conversations happening around the big 12 because that's what he is selling. Now, television numbers do matter. That's kind of like the number one thing in all this, but if narratives are going a certain way up, I think the ratings will follow. If people are talking about it, they're probably going to watch it as well. And I think uh, when it comes to basketball, he mentioned a whole lot of that. So we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, expansion, he talked about that because I think people are talking about how much momentum the Big 12 has right now. And I think if you keep pressing that button, if you keep hitting that note, it's going to keep growing louder and louder and louder. And everybody will talk about it and it's going to make it tougher for the Pac-12 to get a TV deal done and all those things. Um, so I think he's hitting all the right buttons. And once again, you listen to the conversation for yourselves, but a couple things. Number one, I want to hit on, he talked about the expansion component of, of what's happening. And he was really careful to say, we're not targeting any schools in particular, right? We're, or, you know, well, we are targeting schools. We are not targeting in particular any conferences, schools, right? He said, we're having conversations with a whole lot of people about this entire thing right now. And so while we're having conversations, you know, it's not just about certain schools. It is about a holistic picture about, you know, what makes this league better. And he reiterated something that he's been talking about forever. He would like to be in all four time zones. He wants to go out all the way to the West Coast. Now, naturally, where does that fall? It falls the Pac-12. And in this conversation, he was also asked about what the, you know, this uh, specific part of the conversation asked about, you know, what role the TV partners, Fox and ESPN are playing in this. And he was very careful to say they have no involvement. This is all a conference deal. We are the ones who are facilitating these conversations. Obviously, it's important because we know that Bob Bowlesby went after the Big 12 after Oklahoma and Texas left talking about you know, cease and desist and whatnot. And Disney and the partners eventually said, yo, you have to chill out. We are still TV partners. But we have to remember this too. Like he had a right to be mad. The TV partners are the ones that are pushing all of this. They are the ones that are, you know, Fox was, from everything that's reported, Fox was the ones who said, hey, we want UCLA and USC in the Big Ten. That is something that we desire. That is something that we want. It's something that we need. Let's get it done. ESPN and Disney were obviously behind Oklahoma and Texas to the Big 12, uh, or the SEC rather, and they were behind that. Uh, did I say USC and UCLA to the SEC? To the Big 10 uh, for the Fox side of things. And obviously on this conference realignment, uh, ESPN and Disney were very much behind the Southeastern Conference's change that they made. So we know that it is a factor with them as well, right? So that is, those are the big talking points. Right. Uh, when it comes to like, you, you know, that when it comes to uh, to television and uh, realignment that we can't like say that they're together, but we all know that they're together, but the commissioners can't say it. Right. So they have to hit the talking points of it's all about us. 
uh, obviously will make the TV partners happy, but they're not the ones who are facilitating these conversations. We, the conferences and the schools, are the ones doing the deals. But it's important he hit that. He also talked about uh, the need for competition and you know, really made a good comparison to his time with the Nets and the NBA. And he really said, hey, look, you know, when we had the league meetings, like we were all talking about what's best for the sport of basketball. What is best for the sport of basketball? What is best for the league as a whole? And then we all went back and once we were done, we're thinking about what was most important for our teams, whether it be, you know, player movement, whether it be fan interest. And I also think he made an important, you know, important note, like the Nets had to do actually a similar challenge to what the Big 12 has to do. The Nets had to compete for eyeballs in a New York market. Now there are Nets fans, but like the Brooklyn Nets are not the number one basketball team in this in this you know the state of New York and in the city, obviously of New York City, right? Brooklyn is a borough of New York. The Knicks are New York's team. Now I know the Nets have a big following from New Jersey days, but still the, the Knicks are like the team in you know in New Jersey, you know unless you're South Jersey and you're Philadelphia. Um, or more towards Philly, I should say, you know, th that's what he had to fight. And so you mentioned being, you know, being the same market. Well, in the, in the, the college football market, the college basketball market, now I know that the, in, in terms of college basketball, the big 12 is number one. He talks about it as much, but you know, football drives the ship, which he said, uh, and you know, the big 12 is not number one. They're not number two in the football conversation. Uh, but they have a chance to be number three right now in the football conversation. And so much like this, you know, uh, Nets versus Knicks deal, you got, you know, the two Big Ten and the SEC and you have the Big 12, the Pac-12 there. And so competing in competitive markets, obviously he'll team up for things like CFP expansion, NCAA tournament expansion, uh, you know, uh, championships and bowl games, all kind of stuff. They'll team up for that. But when we go back to our silos and his silo is the Big 12 conference now, you have to think about how to advance your interests uh, you know, in particular, your team, your group, your tribe, your league in his case. So I thought that was a very good shout from him. Uh, and he mentioned, you know, that, that's what's happening with, Brett, you know, with, a, with you know, um, a George Klyavkov. Now he mentions they're, you know, they're buddies and they've been cordial and whatnot, but there is competition in this business, which I thought was interesting. Also, I love the way he talked about capitalizing off basketball. He mentioned them being the best league. And talking about, you know, the targeting and conversations with Gonzaga and whatnot. And I think the way he sees it as, look, maybe adding Gonzaga right now is not the largest financial thing that you can do. But it makes a statement that your product of basketball, you want it to grow and be better. And I think a lot of folks see the growing popularity of basketball and they believe it is going to continue to grow in a very significant way. I think so, too. Uh, this is This is commonly what you see around sports that take a shorter amount of time. Like football is always going to dominate no matter, no matter how long it goes. But sports that take a shorter amount of time, i.e. basketball, um, soccer because of time limits, right? Like there's a conversation about how much more how much more popularity those sports can get. And, and, and basketball is obviously very entrenched. And also a reason, guys, why baseball is trying to shorten their games. It's a reason why a lot of these conferences in college and whatnot have added you know, the uh, robot umpires, and obviously pitch clocks, and stuff like that too, uh, limits about stepping out and whatnot. They want to make the game shorter to make them more consumable. And basketball is a very good sport to consume on the internet and watch it, obviously. Um, and the Big 12 is the best college basketball league. And so while, he, you know, he talks about, hey, football drives a conversation now, and it will for a while, but how can basketball be a bigger part of the puzzle? And when basketball hopefully becomes more, right, when it becomes greater, 
Uh, how is the Big 12 going to be positioned to make the most out of that? Numbers are still going up for the amount that, that you know, live sports rights are continuing to go up and up and up. And if basketball continues to get evaluated very, very well, the Big 12 has a chance to continue to grow and make more money because their basketball is going to be universally recognized uh, recognized as the best basketball league in America. It is hands down right now. If you begin adding Gonzaga in Arizona, despite the losses of Texas and Oklahoma, you've got no concerns. Houston comes in next year. Maybe Arizona comes in and maybe obviously Gonzaga comes in. Well, we're not, we're not really going to have a conversation. Like somebody's going to have to come take that belt. Somebody is going to have to go and take that belt from the big 12 conference and say, uh, you know, we are clearly the best league. And the ACC was that league for a while out of the Big East a while ago. The Big Ten claims it, but the Big 12 now is all systems go and looks like it's going to keep producing winning you know, teams potentially. So I think he understands the future um, of what basketball could be and, and those money-making propositions. Overall, the type of conversation I thought he, he would have, you know, he said it was an honor to be on their show, very respectful of the guys. And I thought it was a great conversation. I thought the guys asked really strong questions of him and he gave the answers that he could give. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. But just some thoughts. Now, it doesn't sound like anything's imminent, but he's continuing the positive momentum that he has right now because we all know the Big 12 has got a lot of that right now. All right, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Also, I keep checking right because Tiger Woods is playing. Uh, so always want to check in on that. Uh, brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook where you guys can bet on the Genesis Invitational. You guys can bet on a big weekend of college basketball. You guys can bet on futures, the Big 12 Conference, who will win it in college hoops. You guys can bet on the NBA. You guys can bet on the NFL Draft. All of those things are available at BetOnline and BetOnline. No, BetOnline at FanDuel at the FanDuel Sports. Say old habits die hard at the FanDuel Sportsbook, which once again I love it. It's the number one app in America. Also, it's got the best interface. Man, not you. You just can't beat that interface. Uh, once again, FanDuel Sportsbook. Go sign up today uh, and check that out. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so a massive weekend of Big 12 Hoops headlined by Kansas and Baylor. And just, I want to let you guys take a second and just like enjoy these weekends, right? Also, it's not like Miles is coming back with it in a second, but like enjoy these weekends. Uh, Texas Tech, West Virginia is a really interesting game. Red River has been relegated to ESPN Plus. I know we love ESPN Plus, but at two o'clock and it's kind of a blip on the radar, although it's an important game. Iowa State, Kansas State. Man, does Kansas State need to snap their skid. And Iowa State needs to win a road game. If they have any ideas, just one game back of the Big 12 in first place, being first place, but also because of how bad they've been on the road and the fact that they just lost a home game, it, it puts really their positioning as a potential Big 12 champion uh, in jeopardy the regular season. And, and I think they have to fight out of that hole. So a road game in Manhattan, Kansas, 2 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN, big opportunity there. Oklahoma State and TCU, obviously a big matchup, and Kansas and Baylor. But let's circle back. So right now, Joe Lenardi 
has eight, eight Big 12 teams in his latest edition of Bracketology, which was updated this morning. On the bubble for the Big 12 right now, you have got West Virginia in the last four buys and then nobody else. So we're not even talking last four in, first four out, or next four out. The only Big 12 team he sees right now as on the bubble is West Virginia. And they've got four teams ahead of them. That's crazy. Three of those four teams are Kentucky, North Carolina, or behind them, I should say, and Wisconsin, Blue Bloods. Clemson and Mississippi State are right there. USC and Oregon, Charleston, New Mexico, Utah State, Seton Hall and Wake Forest on the uh, wrong side of the bubble. He believes on the right side, kind of in the better positions in West Virginia. He says Nevada, Boise State, and Memphis. And then if you go see what Jerry Palm has to say uh, right now, he is, I think, in a similar position right now when it comes to where these teams are seated. Oh, he's always bracketology. Always a tough time pulling up for me. Come on, Jerry. Let's get it rolling. Um, yeah, so when you think about like you know where these teams are positioned uh, at this point in time, I kind of feel like West Virginia at this point in time is probably in. Um, I don't, I think, I think their schedule down the stretch is going to make this thing a little bit more challenging though, than they would like it to be. Uh, I think that, you know, you kind of like, like I was talking a few weeks ago about them just getting off the bubble. They now have tech in Oklahoma state. Those two teams are for the most part playing their best basketball of the season at KU at Iowa state and K state to close out. That's a really difficult gauntlet. And this team, um, you know, they're four and nine right now, 15 and 11 overall. They have to win this Texas Tech game. Now, Texas Tech feels like they're playing with some house money and some potential momentum. If Texas Tech gets this win against West Virginia in a, you know, seven, eight day span, they will have beaten Kansas State, who was number 13 at the time, uh, or number, excuse me, number 12 at the time. They will have beaten Texas, who was number six, and they will have gotten a win at West Virginia. It's three straight wins against NCAA tournament teams. You pair that up with their win against Iowa State, with a win against earlier in the year against uh, the number one team, or uh, let's see, is it in, oh, Texas Tech, yeah, not North Carolina, never mind. Uh, but you start pairing those big 12 wins together, and you have a little something there that they can go with. They had the domination of Louisville and the domination of Georgetown, but they didn't really have a whole lot of uh, pelts uh, for them, you know, in those those non-conference games. So that's why they're kind of so far off the bubble. They here in West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, at Kansas, Oklahoma State, they need to go three and two in that, oh, probably four, four and one actually in that stretch. Um, they got to win all their home games, TC and Oklahoma State, and they're going to need maybe pick off two on the road. But because it's so hard, I feel like they're just kind of playing with house money and they're just trying to, you know, just trying to make themselves uh, go along the best they can. So huge game for West Virginia at home. In the Red River rivalry, and I say Bedlam is at 2 o'clock. I meant to say Red River rivalry. Um, coming up tomorrow, that one's obviously exciting uh, for a multitude of reasons. You know, just because Texas is in, the, is in the fight here, and Oklahoma just played a really good game against Kansas State, but obviously it's a rivalry, um, and Texas is just trying to win themselves a Big 12 championship under one Rodney Terry, which makes that game very, very intriguing. But you think Texas will hold serve on their home floor. You move down the ledger. And you think about what else really matters a lot. Well, TCU, the concern level has risen as of late for them. They're the team I care the most about in this game against Kansas State, uh, or excuse me, um, in the game against Oklahoma State. Uh, TCU needs to get their guys back and uh, Mike Miles back and Eddie Lampkin all the way back and start playing good basketball, start finding that flow and look like that team that can make the runs in the NCAA tournament. 
Are they there yet or can they get back there? Because they're six and seven now. I don't think they find themselves in the bubble. I don't think that's where this is headed. But more of like you're below 500 in conference play and um, all of the pieces they have are really good complimentary guys. But the engine that makes it all go is Mike Miles. And the fact that a big guy, a big guy or score another big guy makes them concert Oklahoma State. Then he just needs to stay on the track they're on. Even if they drop this game and go to 500 in conference, you feel pretty good about their chances to remain in the NCAA tournament just because they had one, two, three, four, five straight wins. Uh, and, you know, they won a couple before that too. Oklahoma, Iowa State. They won at Oklahoma again, uh, beat TCU. They beat Iowa State on the road, right? So that was a huge victory. So they kept racking up those quality wins. They're in very good shape. The two ranked matchups that we have coming up this weekend, Iowa State at Kansas State, 2 o'clock on the ESPN, 1 o'clock Central Time on ESPN. Iowa State, once again, as I mentioned, they need to win this game to stay in the Big 12 title chase. K-State needs this for win number 20, but also to feel a lot better about where their season is going, where they are heading right now, because they're just not playing good basketball. Marquise Noel has struggled, and I think our, our good friend Robbie Triano made a good point. Keontae Johnson has not played a ton, obviously, played like very little basketball heading into this year, Looks like he's beginning to lose some steam, and that's going to happen. So they need other guys to step up. The lack of depth was a big concern. Can Iowa State go on the road and get themselves a big victory? They have not been able to do that. Their last road win uh, was TCU 69-67. And once again, that was a weird TCU day because that was the day they were playing in the Big 12, the National Championship or the College Ball Playoff game. So the crowd was kind of really weird at that one. So I think that's something that you know we have to think about, and it was so long ago and they have come up empty on the road. Can they bring that fight on the road and get a win in Bramlage? I don't know. I feel like K-State finally snaps their losing ways in that game. Finally, the big one on the weekend, Kansas and Baylor. In a matchup where it feels like KU's defense is starting to get better, It feel, we know Baylor's defense is starting to get, get better, and I'm excited to see the star-making, the shot-making, the stars make shots, I should say, because these guys – are just two loaded teams. Flagler, George, Cryer, uh, now Jonathan Chamwachachua is back. Uh, you know, we go on the other side. Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick coming off the best game of the season. Uday has come up and been a big factor for them. Kevin McCullers play well. What's the health status of Dewan Harris and Kevin McCullers? A lot of questions. Baylor's got a lot of momentum in this game, obviously, for first place. What makes this Big 12 championship race so exciting is the fact that Baylor still has to play Texas, Kansas still has to play Baylor, and Texas and Kansas still have to play, right? So everybody still has to play everybody. Texas, I believe they go to Baylor, if I'm correct. Um, So Texas has to go, yeah, to Baylor. Baylor has to go to Kansas. Kansas hosts Baylor and Kansas has to go to Texas, right? So, uh, you know, Texas hosts Baylor at home, plays KU on the road. KU, as I mentioned, uh, goes to Texas, hosts Baylor at home. Baylor hosts Texas, goes to KU. Everybody's got everybody left and everybody's got to go to a place and they're home for a place. So it feels like whoever, somebody's going to have to break serve on the road. So if you want to win an outright Big 12 championship, then you need to go on the road and get a win in one of the most hostile environments. The Moody Center's been tough. The uh, Farrell Center's been tough, especially if that rough stretch was over. And also, obviously, we know Fog Allen is a very difficult place to win. So with that in mind, this game becomes huge. Um, 
I want to see how, you know, the stars step up. And I feel like because of the way these two teams play, because of how experienced both teams are actually too, there's a good chance this thing comes down to the wire. It's a good thing this thing goes late now. I think Flagler's got to be the big man because I don't think LJ Cryer, he said this the other day on Sirius XM, I don't think he's played a ton at Allen Fieldhouse, I don't think. I think because of his injury and because of how much he didn't play, you know, his first year, he hadn't played a lot there. Obviously, we know Keontae George hasn't played there. So talking about their best shot makers. Now, Jalen Bridges has, I believe, right, this time at West Virginia. But uh, Flagler and then Bridges are kind of your two more experienced guys who have been in this environment before. But Baylor has been uh, – they have been on a roll as of late. And so I've been fired up for this game. I obviously think KU is going to hold you know, service at home. I think the safe thing, if you're talking about picking winners, is just always picking the home team in college hoops uh, a lot of the time. Um, but, yeah, it feels like Kansas has a good chance. But college game is going to be there. It's a huge environment. If Baylor picks off KU, I think we have to have some serious conversations about Baylor as like as the most likely. <laughs> Maybe as – I mean, I, I think you're going to see their title odds skyrocket if that happens. Because you talk about a team that is just on fire, that looks like the team that did it before, and um, you know it's got their 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 kind of the guy they needed back and Jonathan Chamwachachwa uh, all the way back now. So I think it's a huge weekend, it's a huge conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy the weekends like this. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at lo big twelve. You guys can find us, uh, find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.